Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Evolution is more than a theory. It is a fundamental scientific principle. You know, there's a scientific term for that. It's called baloney. We are so stupid that we think that just because telephones and computers and cars are intelligently designed, that means we are too. Well, we're not. I don't trust that Richard Dawkins. In the beginning, God created heaven and the earth. Is the only logical explanation, unless you don't want to believe in science and logic. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And just when you thought it couldn't get any more blasphemous, this is Wretched Radio. Uh, Perhaps this is anecdotal, but at some point they start to stack up to the point where you can't help but reach a particular conclusion. As of late, I've been bumping into all kinds of blasphemous epithets, pictures, T-shirts, Church services that don't apologize for making fun of Jesus at all. And it is my non-prophetic opinion that we're going to see more and more of this, not just out there, but in there. Let me give you a demonstration about that which I speak, because I don't want to end a sentence with a preposition. Just spent a little bit of time last weekend in lovely Greenville, South Carolina, and it just keeps getting nicer and nicer there. I'm telling you, walked by a sign. This was not just a T-shirt, although this is a T-shirt ad. This was actually a sign outside of a shop in Greenville, which, by the way, just to give you a little taste of what's happening in South Carolina, they actually had on their lovely Main Street a Santa Claus machine. It was basically a big roller. It wasn't a sleigh. It's like a contemporary sleigh because it had an engine and Santa Claus was there. But on the sign, right side of the bus, whatever the thing was, next to Santa Claus, it said, Jesus is the reason for the season. So there you've got a guy pretending to be Santa Claus, driving people around, yet proclaiming Jesus is the reason for the season. But right down the street, You'll see this sign. It's a picture, clearly, of somebody portraying Jesus Christ looking like he's trying to hit a three-pointer, and it says, Jump Shot Jesus, and it's Jesus shooting a basketball. And I've been seeing more and more overt expressions of blasphemy in a culture that is decreasingly Christian because people don't feel the societal pressure to know to not offend the majority of people because, well, we're not the majority of people anymore. Case in point number two. You've got somebody making the first trans Christian album. Flamey Grant. Hey, see what they did there? Flamey. Now they flamey. Flamey Grant proudly presents Bible Belt Baby. Bible Belt Baby is the world's first contemporary Christian music record by a drag performer. I don't know what race car driving has to do with Christmas. Hold on. Sorry, this is a different type of drag performer with influences from gospel and blues to folk and rock. This Americana showcase shines a spotlight on queerness, faith, and overcoming the spiritual trauma so often endured by LGB, etc. people and others who grow up in conservative religious spaces. An overt effort to tear down what we have understood for 2,000 years. By the way, Flamey 
is also the co-host of the Heathen podcast. So I don't know that Flamey is actually a Christian when you're hosting the Heathen podcast. It's a show about breaking up with bad religion. Quote, with a bold lip and a big lash, Flamey is here to rewrite the rules when it comes to religious music, demanding a reckoning for an industry that has too long silenced and shut out the L etc. artists and fans. That is but another demonstration of an overt attempt to try to just flat out mock the God of the Christian faith. Demonstration number three, and if this one doesn't get your goat, and if nothing else, it should force us to ask the question, if I were sitting at a University of Cambridge Trinity College chapel service on Sunday, and the fellow got up and said Jesus was trans, how might I respond? Well, the headlines that make their way through just about every news source that reports on such things, worshipers leave Cambridge sermon in tears over claim Jesus has trans body, uh, and there's more details to it, but we'll leave it at that. Leave in tears? Sure, that's an option. But if you were sitting there, would you have said anything? Now, I understand we should be polite in a church service. If you're in a place and the pastor says something and it's like, eh, no, I don't think you should be sprinkling your babies. I think believer's baptism, you don't get up and go, ah, you pedo baptist heretic. But what about in this instance, when the guy stood up, he's a junior research fellow whose PhD, by the way, was supervised by the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, huh? <laughs> said that during the service, Jesus' side wound and blood flowing um, in the pieta looks like a female body part. That was said in church. What would you have done in that instant? Might I suggest, I do not think in this instance, it would be wrong to stand up and say a plethora of things. That's blasphemous. You have no business being in a Christian church proclaiming such utter nonsense. You are thoroughly unaware of church history. You're unaware of the Bible and what it says about our Savior. And you are making up salacious nonsense about the Son of God. Get out of the pulpit, sir. Something like that would have been appropriate. That's heresy. And then walk out. That would have done the trick. Why do I think in this instance we we would really be right in saying something? Because I think we're getting to the point in culture where we really do need to start saying something. We really need to start communicating our problem with these instances of people blaspheming our Savior. And so it is. I came up with 10. That's right. 10 ways to respond to blasphemy. You have options. Feel free to use any one of these in your particular blasphemous situation. Whether it's at work, somebody takes the Lord's name in vain, it's in your house, one of the relatives who's coming over for Christmas always has some snark about Jesus. I do believe that there can be a myriad of responses, and one of them would be ignore it. 
But increasingly, I'm thinking, I don't think that most circumstances give us the out to not speak up at this vulgar nonsense. You could say, that's blasphemy. That's it. That's all. Somebody goes, well, you know, Jesus, when he was stabbed in the side, that there looks like, well, a female body part. That is blasphemy. You might add, I'd encourage you to repent. God will not be mocked. Would you consider yourself to be a good person? That's a good question to ask somebody who blasphemes the name of the Lord. What source material did you use to arrive at that conclusion? By the way, the fellow from the chapel at Cambridge, he used a 14th century commentary. I think it was a commentary on uh, an, art, an art that he was using. See, well, there, he noticed it too in the 14th century. Therefore, it's okay. By the way, the dean, even though complaints flowed in, the dean actually backed the junior research fellow. Quote, for myself, I think that speculation was legitimate. Huh. Whether or not you or I or anyone else disagrees with the interpretation, says something else about the artistic tradition, or resists its application to contemporary questions around transsexualism. This is just a lovely example of word salad, academic gobbledygook, which is being used a lot these days. What would we say to such things? Well, here's another option for you. Christianity didn't teach that for 2,000 years. Were they wrong? And how do you know? Number seven, do you think it might be presumptuous for you to disagree with billions of people? Number eight, my friend, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes on Judgment Day. Number nine, who do you think you are? And then finally, number 10, and this one always works, by the way, because it has to work in our current culture. You're triggering me. <laughs> That's what... They say to us to shut us down. Last June, Christians were outraged by Scottish Teachers Union, an education institute to promote a play depicting Jesus as trans. Hmm. In September 2020, the National Church of Iceland featured a bearded Jesus with female body parts in an ad to encourage children to attend Sunday school. It's happening outside of the church. It's happening inside of the church, and I suspect that blasphemy is on the rise, and you can anticipate seeing it more and more. Might I simply encourage you to consider, how am I going to respond? Yeah, there might be a time to remain silent, but perhaps now is the time to actually start speaking up and actually saying to somebody, you're wrong, that's disgusting and blasphemous, which is even worse. And we actually are willing to take whatever heat might come for being willing to stand for the truth and to be willing to stand by our Savior and not let his name be blasphemed. Are you ready? This is Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this... Groovy. Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an 
incendiary device, a preborn clinic in Miami, vandalized, and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today offering free, loving, Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the literal battle for life. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, thank you so much for joining us here on Wretched Radio today. And boy, do I have some good news for you. You did it. You solved the God puzzle. Our goal was to print one million copies of Solving the God Puzzle and send them to wretched people who were willing to distribute them to the lost. And thanks to you, that goal has been met. Please join us in praising God for His goodness and pray that He will use our joint efforts to save many. And this obviously could not be done without you and without our gospel partners. Of course, if you're also a gospel partner, we want to thank you humbly from the bottom of our hearts. If you're not a gospel partner yet, would you please begin praying about it? You can also visit wretched.org slash donate to get answers to all of the questions you could possibly ever have on becoming a wretched gospel partner. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. 200, that's right, 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel, they're getting saved, their parents are getting saved, the church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local church. It became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Books of the Bible. Nahum, whose name means the Lord comforts, brought a message of comfort to God's people and a prophecy against Nineveh. Nineveh was a powerful city, but they were no match for God. He punished them severely for their wickedness. When you see evil or are tempted towards evil, remember that there are only two possible outcomes repentance or destruction. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And would anyone at the table care for a word salad? This is Wretched Radio. What you're hearing me wiggle? (laughs) 33 pages. That's right. 33 pages of instructions from the government in Oregon how to teach K-12 through schools to implement a new piece of legislation. It's HB 3294, the Menstrual Dignity Act. Yep, the government in Oregon forcing public schools, including elementary, middle, and high school students, to teach menstrual dignity. Mm. 
And how do they go about the business of actually rolling this out in a way that doesn't cause people to go, seriously? They use word salad. I see academic gobbledygook. It's legislative word salad. It's academic word salad. It is intended to dazzle you with descriptions that sound so smart because they use some big words that you couldn't possibly argue with something so academic. And so it is. I'd like to torture you. I'm sorry. I'd like to share with you some of the 33 pages to help you identify academic and legislative word salads, which Frankly, doesn't matter what kind of dressing you put on top of these, enough cranberries, blue cheese, apple slices, whatever you're into, it does not go down any better. The legislation of Oregon, because apparently there's no more crime. Apparently the economy is thriving in Oregon. There's no problems in cities around Oregon, like, you know, Portland that are in distress, no homelessness problems, because they had the time to create menstrual dignity for students program in order to address an unmet need identified by students, school leaders, and medical and public health professionals over many years. This program helps students participate actively in classes and school activities by alleviating some of the economic strain and experiences of shame that are often barriers for menstruating students accessing their education. Furthermore, and this probably won't surprise you, you're going to see a lot of trans language embedded into this legislation. This is the law. These are adults. They probably have briefcases. They might even have to tie their shoes and somehow they're able to do it to get into the Capitol and vote on menstrual dignity for students program. This law affirms the right to menstrual dignity for transgender, oh, there it is, intersex, non-binary, and two-spirit students by addressing the challenges that some students have managing menstruation while minimizing negative attention that could put them at risk or harm navigating experiences of gender dysphoria during menstruation. Research also connects gender-affirming bathroom access to supporting student safety at school. Now, that probably all went in one ear and out the other, unless you're Van Gogh. (laughs) And it went in one ear and stayed there. The point is, it's just gobbledygook. And it makes it, this was scientific. They actually had students and educators affirm that we need this legislation. This program offers an antidote to the common narratives that say menstruation is something deserving of embarrassment and shame. You can look in the footnotes. You're not going to find a study. I don't know how often that happens. I went to grade school, too. I can remember one time, one time this subject was brought up. And that boy was taken out into the hallway. <laughs> we never heard the subject brought up again. I, I, I don't know where this comes from other than the attempt to use it to try to expose kids to the idea that a boy can menstruate. And some girls, they don't menstruate. See what they did right there? Because they want to spend a lot of money and a lot of time. I think that they allow five point some million dollars per biennium for local K through 12 schools to put these products 
in as many places as possible and then to start teaching kids in kindergarten. So here's what you're supposed here's the recommendations. This is page 16 of 33. I've spared you some pain because they talked about safety, education, placement, products, instructions. Now we get to recommendations. Celebrate menstruation as a normal positive part of human development. Well, I have no problem teaching it as a normal positive part of human development to my children. But this is not the job of an educator. Celebrate. Affirm and uplift how tribal nations and Native American communities recognize and honor this milestone with respect. Address cultural myths and stigma around. That's awfully judgmental. Stigma around menstruation and connect to medically accurate information. Keep language value neutral when discussing a product choice to support the variety of cultural values that students may hold. Surveys show a diversity of cultural norms within both the Black and Latinx communities regarding menstrual product use. <laughs> Connect student language with medically accurate terminology. Include classroom instructions on the subject within sexuality education classes. <sighs> in groups of all gender students to reduce shame and gender-based bullying. This is another attempt to try to indoctrinate children in public schools. Mom and dad, you decide what to do with your own kids' education. But wow, it's getting tougher to somehow justify leaving your kids in schools. Now, there's different schools, different teachers, different principals. But this is Oregon. This is an entire state. This is mandated to start showing this to kindergartners. We are. These are these are recommendations for gender affirming language. See how much gender stuff is baked into this Dignity Act. Use gender inclusive students, folks, everyone, learners instead of boys and girls and they them instead of he or she. Use open words like most or typical or another instead of binary opposite or normal or others. In other words, another gender instead of opposite sex. You remember in all of this, teacher? Refer to menstruation without calling in gender in order to be gender affirming for trans, non-binary, and two-spirit students. Emphasize physiology during puberty education more broadly. Use menstruating students instead of girls. Use menstrual products instead of feminine hygiene products. Explain someone with a uterus and ovaries may begin to menstruate instead of girls may begin to menstruate during puberty education. Wowza. These are adults implementing this. Now, again, you want some word salad? And we haven't gotten to the worst part, by the way. Todd, I think you have. I'll just read this. This is, again... This is how they impose this nonsense, which to anybody who's paying any attention, like can understand at all how the world operates, would go, well, this is nonsense. This is utter nonsense. Body parts and systems performance indicators relating to growth and development. This is for the educators. HE1K4, HE114, HE124, name, identity, reproduction, body parts, use proper anatomical terms and stages in the basic growth process of all people. And this goes on 
for pages. And they put code and they have it identified and classified. Why? It's all intended to look smart so that you old-fashioned folks can look stupid. Now, this is what they teach the kids now as a part of the legislation from the Oregonian government. This is for K through 2. HE1K4, name reproductive body parts using proper anatomical terms and stages in the basic growth process of all people. This is this is to K this is kindergarten. A uterus is a reproductive body part that some bodies have. <laughs> That's what they're teaching to kindergartners. This stuff is wicked. This is just wicked stuff. Staff engagement and training celebrate the launch. And you can make everybody be really, really excited about menstrual dignity. But wait, here's the best part. Tips for menstruation positive language for families. Hmm. Please teach them reading, writing, and arithmetic. This ain't your business, public educator people. Prepare your child for menstruation before it begins. Couple values and beliefs about product choice with medically and scientifically accurate information. Understand myths regarding these subjects. Speak openly and positively about menstruation. Speak of menstruation products or period products or menstruation products rather than hygiene or sanitary products. Share a few of your experiences. Avoid referring to people who menstruate as crazy or irrational. Interrupt when periods or people who menstruate are used as punchlines and jokes. Who do these people think they are? With all due respect, um, that's the parent's job. Word Salad Deluxe. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, obviously, it's no longer news that Elon Musk owns Twitter now. And it seems the left is doing everything they can to shut down the free speech Musk appears to be restoring to the social media platform. Case in point. Elon Musk says there's more and more uh, subscribers coming online. Are you concerned about that? And what tools do you have? Who is it at the White House that is really keeping track of this? Did you catch it? What tools do you have to stop Elon Musk from restoring free speech at Twitter? That was a serious, honest-to-goodness question from a reporter who apparently graduated from an institution of higher education and is at one of the highest points of her career sitting in the White House. While this isn't a surprise to any of us, it is unfortunately sad to me. Wisconsin Children's Hospital, which is one of the institutions participating in the mutilation of minors, is also apparently placing radical gender theory activists in chaplain positions. That's right, chaplain positions. Not positions as spokespeople for body mutilation surgeries or gender medications. No, 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 no. As chaplains. Kate Newendrop is the name of one of those chaplains whose Twitter profile reads that God isn't referred to with male pronouns. So what Bible is that? And how does she feel qualified to be a chaplain? Black Friday 2022 saw Americans spend more than ever before, but they also received less than they did last year 
due to soaring inflation. Yeah, that's the word we're not supposed to say, isn't it? And just in case you're one of the millions of Americans still contemplating public school, here's a preschool teacher bragging her students talk about gender and genitals at the lunch table as they repeat LGBT propaganda. So today at the lunch table, when the topic of gender and genitals came up, one of our students plainly looked up and said, well, I'm a girl today, but I know that teacher Ko isn't. No, they're envy. These are the people in charge of our children. It seems to go from bad to worse for woke Disney World. Unfortunately for the company, Americans said no thank you for their newest movie, Strange World, as it bombed with a five-day opening of $18.6 million after receiving mediocre reviews. The Hollywood Reporter wrote over the weekend that this was the worst opening for a Disney animation Thanksgiving title in modern times after getting pummeled by poor word of mouth, and it was the first of the studios to earn anything less than an A grade. And it's just another glaring example of how going woke will make you go broke. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called the Good Shepherd. A good shepherd protects, directs, provides, and cares for his sheep. Jesus laid down his life for his sheep. No one can snatch them out of his hand. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Perhaps all you want for Christmas is an unbroken heart. This is Wretched Radio. There's nothing quite like the winter solstice celebrations. <laughs> That's Pretty much what they are these days. Not a lot of Christ in Christmas anymore. Incidentally, this is another non-prophetic prediction. Look forward to hearing fewer and fewer actual Christmas carols. Somebody sent me a video showing the progression of Christmas carols from like 1750 up until today. And it started out with things like, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, because, you know, Christmas used to be about Christ, silent night, oh, holy night. And then you get to the 20th century and suddenly you start hearing, have a holly jolly Christmas. That's what we evolved into. And I suspect you are going to hear fewer and fewer of those old theologically robust Christmas hymns that we sing inside of the church, but you're not going to hear them so much in stores anymore. I think they're getting more selective. In fact, could be wrong about this because, well, usually when there's shopping involved, I'm sitting outside of the store on a bench waiting. The point is, I've been to enough places, I haven't heard an actual theologically rich Christmas song outside yet. In any store, have you? Burl Ives is blaring all over the place. Elvis is still making some royalty money. I guess it's just Lisa Marie, man. But you're not hearing Christian Christmas carols. What becomes of the brokenhearted? Perhaps Christmas is your season of heartache. Because that's what these holidays do. You're supposed to be getting together. 
you're supposed to look like you're Candace Cameron Bure celebrating Christmas in a Hallmark movie. Wait, I'm sorry. She's not in Hallmark movies anymore. Did you see what happened to her? <laughs> I'll bet. Wait, hold on. I think I've got it here. There's a new network, like the American Family Network, something like that. And they don't want to make any movies that show anything but males and females dating. And all she said was, I'm really excited to be with a new network that only makes these types of movies. Wow! Did she get hammered for that? I found it. I found it. As it turns out, love isn't love if you don't love the exact same things as the politically correct. It's actually a pretty funny line from Fox News reporting on Candace Cameron Bure. In a statement posted to Instagram, she said, All of you know me, know beyond question that I have great love and affection for all people. It absolutely breaks my heart that anyone would ever think I intentionally would want to offend and hurt anyone. So she had to explain why it is that she said something as innocuous as, I'm really excited to be working at a network where we make traditional films. Why? Because remember, tolerance it's a one-way street. You can believe anything you want as long as it's in alignment with their beliefs. You think perhaps Christmas, because of Instagram, the YouTube videos, that it really should be a Hallmark special in your home, but it's not. And there's a reason for that. It's because nobody's home is a Hallmark special. Ever. Why? Because most homes don't have struggling country music singers who had to leave the big city because they didn't get the record deal and they're waiting for their grandfather to leave them the farm so that they can sell it to the corporation until the girl comes along and he decides to stay and write a hit song. It's just not life. Nobody has smooth sailing constantly. Now, there can be seasons where it goes okay, but this, this season of the holidays, if our expectations are that they should look like everybody else's, you are simply being lied to, maybe not intentionally, maybe not even maliciously. But think about yourself. Do you ever put up crummy pictures of you? Do you ever put up the picture at the Christmas table where everybody's fighting and everybody's sour? No, everybody smile, smile. And then you post that. See, we have a perfect Christmas too. Well, we don't because we live with sinners. And when you live with sinners in four walls, you are going to have plenty of sinning. And maybe your heart has been broken. Maybe your child isn't coming home this year. Your parents are getting divorced. You're, you're fighting with your sibling and you just, it's, oh, and then they're going to bring over the cousin who has, and it's a tough season for you. Now compound that with the expectation of being a Hallmark film and we can have a lot of broken hearts. Tim Challies, what can God do with broken hearts? Perhaps this will help you in what can be a broken-hearted season. Challies, God has a special place in his heart for the weak, the weary, the downtrodden, the broken. Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, says Jesus, and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. His special blessing is upon those who are poor in spirit, who are meek and mournful, who are reviled and persecuted. If that describes you, whether it's because of Christmas or not, you need to know that God keeps 
our tears in a bottle, a poetic way of saying, oh, he knows everyone that gets shed. He knows the heartbreak. He knows what you're going through. And if you are willing to go through it, weeding out any potential sin that might be the cause of it, or growing in your reliance and satisfaction in him, then you will actually benefit from the broken heart. You will actually grow through a season of sorrow. Where we tend to dispose of what God, what has been broken, God treasures. You can't help but think Tim Challies writes like this now because of the loss of his son at the age of 20. Where the human instinct is toward those who are confident, assertive, and self-sufficient. The divine eye is drawn to those who are humble, who are contrite in spirit, and who tremble at God's word. Where the world looks to those who are whole and strong. Mm-mm. God flips the line. He looks to those who are weak and broken because his specialty is bringing much from little, beauty from ashes, strength from weaknesses. Are you weak? Are you feeling like an ash heap? God can do something with you. God can grow you. And God can cause you to trust him more and to ultimately find your satisfaction in him. What are we supposed to be content with? Food and clothing, be content, because those are our physical needs. I guess Jesus could have tossed in air. It wasn't intended to be in a like a plenary list of all things that are needed for survival, but it's a short list, isn't it? What else are we supposed to be content with? God. We're content in him. Then when bad things happen, when disappointments take place, We can mourn over that. We can cry over that. But we're not devastated by that. And we're not left in the blues at Christmas time because we're going through a hard thing because, well, I don't really need that thing. So if you want to apply what I said at the beginning to what I just said now, you don't need your kids. You don't need your spouse. You don't need them. You can want them. Blessing to have them. But you don't need them. What you need is a savior, and you've got one. And with that, we are content. Now, when God adds a blessing, we're simply grateful for it because we know that we don't deserve it. And when a blessing is taken away or a hard things happen, we can still say, blessed be the name of the Lord. He gives, he takes away, and it's okay. It makes me sad, and I can cry over it, but not without hope and not without feeling utterly devastated and vanquished because you're already satisfied in your God. Back to Chalice. God often prefers to use what has been broken over what has only ever been whole. He breaks our will, so he will turn, so we will turn ourselves away and come to him in repentance and faith. He breaks our plans to redirect our ways and ensure that his much greater plan will go on not just around us, but through us. He breaks our bodies to display his power is made perfect in weakness. And yes, he breaks our hearts by loss to prove to us that the gospel truly is gain. He breaks our heart by grief so he can increase our longing for the place where every tear will be dried. He breaks our hearts by disappointment 
to prove that this world can never truly satisfy. He breaks our hearts by bereavement to pry our fingers off of a world that could otherwise allure and entrap us with its charms. So what can God do with broken hearts? Um, Maybe a better question is, what can God do with unbroken hearts? God delights to use that which has been broken, to display his power through weakness. That is what God can do with your broken heart. Now, how does that happen? It's the means of growth. Dive into your Bible. Keep going to church. Serve faithfully as a local member of a Bible-teaching church. And increasingly, he'll mend your broken heart and even then use you mightily. This is Wretched Radio. Hmm, something is happening in the Philippines. Wait, I know what it is. Jesus is building his church. Please meet Pastor Kitu Espiritu from the Master's Academy International in the Philippines. Your support allows us to fill pulpits and transform lives. Pastors are being equipped to rightly divide the truth. People in the Philippines are hearing the truth rightly preached and coming to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus is on the march in the Philippines. Souls are being saved, churches are being built, and yet there are too many empty pulpits. And that is where you come in. Would you please consider filling an empty pulpit in the Philippines so that people can hear the word rightly divided? The Masters Academy International training pastors to do just that in the Philippines and 17 other nations. To learn more, please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Howdy, this is handsome Jimmy Hicks again. My impersonation just isn't getting better, is it? Jimmy continues to be sick. Keep praying for him, please, as he recovers so that he can get back here and then I don't have to annoy you. But I do bring some good news today, courtesy of some very generous gospel partners. We are doing something here at Wretched we've never done before, and that is a matching gift. That means... Real, we can do the math on this. For every dollar you give, another dollar will be given. In other words, you double your impact. So if you have never considered being a gospel partner, would you please consider supporting us as the year draws to a close, especially with a matching year-end gift? You can do just that at wretched.org slash donate, wretched.org slash donate, and keep praying for Jimmy. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched. Affordable biblical health sharing. Christians paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. 
it works. And the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. Names of God. We learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. The first name given to God is Elohim in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Elohim is a plural noun, but the verb created is singular. God is plural in personhood, but singular in being. The Creator God is the triune Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Spanning the globe because of you, you find stories from all around this blue dot spinning space. You send them to idea at wretched.org. I bring them home in a big old pile, read them at night, put them into separate stacks with different themes. And yet there are some stories that don't neatly fit into themes, but we theme them anyway. We slap them together, even though they make no sense together. And we call it Wide World of Christian News. Sorry, this might hurt a little bit here on Wretched Radio, but we have some good news. I know that is difficult for us to take, and it's not very popular, but I got some good news. And the good news is you. Did you know about, I think I've got this right, 10 months ago, we launched a program. It was a campaign to distribute one one million copies of a little gospel booklet called Solving the God Puzzle. Guess what? We just sent out our last copies. One million copies you have received because you just went to the website. We sent them to you for free, including shipping, because you promised to give them away. And you have been, and you are continuing to do so to the tune of one million copies. Now, how encouraging is that? Seriously. One million gospel booklets given away by people because they care about the lost, which actually reminds me of something that I saw when I was in Greenville last weekend. A long time ago, I had a dream. I had a dream that 50, maybe it was 100 churches, would commit to having open-air preachers go to the same place every single week when it's a high-traffic time. Now, this requires more than just a qualified open-air preacher— It requires people to help with transportation, making treats if you're giving away food, getting the booklets put together, preparing gospel literature to encourage people to go back to your church. You need people to pray, and you might need security. The point is, it involves a lot of people. What if 100 churches were doing it every weekend? Because I saw some open-air preachers in Greenville. I, quite honestly... I I couldn't tell how good they were. I was a little skeptical. But nevertheless, what if a hundred sound churches were out on street corners every week? Do you think that might make a difference in a nation? I mean, I'm talking about major cities where people just, um, Greenville, it has gone nuts there. You it, it, Seriously, we got there, whoa, Friday night. And you would think, that you were in Manhattan. Well, at least when Manhattan used to be busy, 
It was just slammed with people. And there was an open-air preacher. Oh, what if there were a hundred in Greenville and Columbia and Charleston and all over the South and all over the United States? What a difference that would make. In the meantime, making a difference. One million copies of Solving the God Puzzle. Well done, y'all. How encouraging is that? Good news story. Number two, let's go to the Philippines. <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay, it could be Roman Catholic, but there's something going on there. I'm telling you, there are a proliferation of sound churches in the Philippines. I know that because the Bibles that we would like to send are being sent to churches that are being led by Masters Academy International Pastors. In other words, sound pulpits, sound preaching, sound churches. We want to send as many MacArthur Study Bibles as we can to those people to strengthen the local church growth movement that is going on in the Philippines. You can learn more at wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible. And as long as I'm plugging, if you're still in a bit of a panic about open enrollment and getting signed up for insurance, you got to run to MediShare. Go to MediShare.com slash Wretched, MediShare.com slash Wretched. Learn about it. It might be the option that is good news for your family. The average family saves $500 a month. Their ratings, they are way higher than traditional health insurance. It's affordable biblical health sharing. Please, if you are in a fit about open enrollment and insurance, go to MediShare.com slash Wretched. They're even waiving the initiation fee. Just check it out to see if it is good news for your family. In the meantime, there's good news in the Philippines, specifically at the United Nations Human Rights Council. Huh. They wanted the Philippines to legalize same-sex marriage as well as allow abortions and divorce. And the representatives basically said, not a chance. Now, they said it in a different language, and they said it a little bit more articulately, but Philippines, they're the only country besides the Vatican that doesn't accept divorce. It's just, nope, not going to do it. We don't, we don't do that here. Quote from the representative, Culturally, our values may conflict with many of the values that the Western countries want to impose upon us. Stand in their ground. We are not ready for that. Culturally, we are not ready for that. That is our position right now, and I hope it's their position forever. The Filipino people, they are willing to say, sorry, I know this cuts against the cool grain of Western civilization. Justice Undersecretary Raul Vasquez said the recommendations were rejected outright by the Philippine delegation because of national identity. Here it comes, our religious beliefs and our cultural traditions and the Philippine sovereignty that need to be protected and upheld at all times. I know what some out of the tens and tens of people who are listening to this wretched radio program were thinking. Well, I guess we could move to the Philippines. That seems like it might be more sane these days. Don't tell me you haven't had those thoughts. Poland is the same way. Very Roman Catholic there. They are not messing around. They want Poland to remain, you know, Poland. Want some more good news? Well, I got it. Enjoy it, because this is the last one. 
Apparently, the current legislation wanted to redefine Title IX to include, you guessed it, LGB, etc. mandate, which would force healthcare providers to perform sex change procedures. You can't do that. And the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals said, no, not going to allow that. So salute to the courts. Please remember, while I have not taken a look at every single court ruling regarding religious liberty or on any of these gender issues, overall, not exclusively, I'm sure, but overall, the rulings have actually been pretty decent, which we should remember because I know it feels a little bit edgy out there, but at least for now, the courts seem to be ruling with a little bit of sanity. But speaking of insanity, let's get to the crummy news. You saw the story. I got to tell you, I don't know why. Maybe I'm I'm just going through a season, but the death penalty sure seems like a good idea to me. Doesn't it seem that way to you? I mean, that 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 the dude up in Wisconsin. Wow, Richard Brooks was that is something like that. He's the guy who ran down people in the at the Christmas parade. They gave him like seven hundred years in prison. Um, no, no. He intentionally murdered a bunch of people. He has forfeited his life. Life is so valuable. Your life is required if you take another innocent human life. In the meantime, in Virginia and Walmart, right before Thanksgiving, a 31-year-old Walmart employee murdered six people before killing himself. They found his manifesto. Quote, sorry, God, I failed you. This was not your fault, but my own. I failed to listen to the groans of the Holy Spirit, which made me a poor representation of you. My only wish would have been to start over from scratch and that my parents would have paid closer attention to my social deficits. Sorry, everyone, but I did not plan this. I promise things just fell into place like I was led by the Satan. His manifesto. He took his own life. I can assure you if he hadn't, they put him in prison for decades and decades. He walked, my understanding is he walked into the break room and just started mowing down fellow employees. Are we ever going to get to the point as a culture where we say enough of this, really just enough of this? Killing six people, wounding several others, honestly. In the meantime, focus on the family in Colorado vandalized with graffiti days after Club Q tragedy. Apparently they linked the shooting, which also killed. Now, this this is a person, too. The death penalty should apply, who killed, I believe it was six people at a gay nightclub. Open fire. I'm sorry. Five people dead, 17 wounded. So some people put graffiti on the side of focus on the family, saying their blood is on your hands, five lives taken which quoted 2 Corinthians 11, 14 through 15. I don't know what false teachers have to do with a shooting in a gay nightclub, but the fellow who did the shooting identified as non-binary and preferred the pronouns they and them. (laughs) And as long as we're in Colorado approving adding LGBT language into history curriculum. Oh, I thought they'd done that already. Between that and... People driving around high as a kite. I don't know how anything could possibly go wrong in the glorious, lovely state of Colorado. Well, at least we had some good news today. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.